Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Aman Ladia. He's the co-founder of Blockstein. Aman, how are you doing? Great, great. Great, Richard. Yeah. Well, let's, let's always start out with the basics. So what is Blockstein? What do you do there? All right. So Blockstein is an initiative by me and a couple of my friends. Uh, it's to promote the use of blockchain technologies beyond just cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. So most of us associate blockchain with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. It's a method of recording transactions. But personally, I believe that blockchain has many, many more uses than just uh, cryptocurrencies. And cryptocurrencies are just an offshoot of the blockchain. I think the blockchain is a very underrated technology. I mean, it's a very, very simple thing and it has huge potential in it. And I see that potential. So I'm trying to make my peers, my colleagues aware about uh, this potential and what blockchain can actually do. Yeah, I know that everyone's focused on, right, the cryptocurrency aspect of it, Bitcoin, Dash, Monero, etc. And I've also heard of some other use cases. But, you know, you seem more excited about it even than most. What what are some of the uh, use cases you think will be the most influential? Right. So I think uh, the most influential use cases will probably be, uh, you know, let's, let's take an example. One example that comes to my mind instantly is blood diamonds. I think that's one example where blockchain can be used to stop human suffering at a very large scale. And it's very simple. So... How this would work in uh, the case of diamonds is if diamond is being traded across countries, across borders, the diamond transactions are recorded on the blockchain. So the person who extracts the mining or the diamond, the person who polishes the diamond, where the diamonds cross customs, what duties are paid, what taxes are paid, who receives the diamond, who sells the diamond on, all that is recorded in the blockchain. So now tomorrow, if I am purchasing a diamond and I know where the diamond has come and what process it has gone through, whether it's a blood diamond, whether it's illegal, whether it has not paid uh, the correct duties and the correct taxes, I know everything about my purchase through the blockchain. Because the blockchain, after all, is simply a ledger, a ledger to make note right. of changes. So I think that's a very simple but... Um, effective use case of the blockchain. Well, no question about that. It sounds like it could be used in another way. If everyone thinks, oh, the blockchain is immutable, unchangeable, 
And if anything's on there, mm-hmm. it must be true. What about people right. that take diamonds and put, you know, bullshit transactions on the blockchain and make a, a fake providence using the blockchain? But people think, oh, well, it's on the blockchain. It's got to be real. Right. I, I agree with you. There are definitely possibilities of fraud even in the blockchain. No system is perfect. But I think what the blockchain really aims to do is I people will trust the blockchain blindly if if it becomes popular. But in this case, uh, if people in control of adding information to blockchain are verified authorities, like let's say I'm sending a diamond to the UK and the UK customs can sign a transaction uh, on the blockchain and that signature can only be done by the UK customs, then obviously um, there is a degree of trust that comes with it. There's a very small chance that someone can actually sign an illicit transaction. Transaction. Of course, I don't want to get into um, cases of corruption and stuff like that. But I think basically in comparison to the current system, where which is quite weak, in fact, we don't know where um, our goods are coming from. I think the blockchain serves as a step up to that system to at least provide a basic uh, to moderate level of security um, where you can verify where your purchase is coming from. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it'll be 100% perfect, but it'll probably be uh, 90% better than it is now. Definitely. So that's a good thing. Right. Yeah, what, what other um, use cases do you find interesting or that'll be impactful? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, there are quite a few use cases if you look at it. So I, I recently heard of a singer, I forget the name, she distributed her music through the blockchain. Um, that's quite interesting. And I'll, let me tell you how that works. So when she distributed music, uh, people bought her music using cryptocurrencies. And uh, all those transactions were recorded on the blockchain. But the blockchain was used um, beyond the basic purpose of transactions. It was used to record how much of uh, the income generated by her music was distributed to her production team, to her, to other people involved in the team. So we see an element of transparency there because now we are no longer restricted to, uh, you know, just um, depending on individual companies or individuals um, to determine where, um, you know, the money goes. She knew or anyone who bought that music knows that, okay, X percent goes to the singer and Y percent goes to her production team, Z percent goes to someone else. It's all very clear. It's all very transparent. There's not really any chance of money laundering, funds being transferred from here to there, any different places. All that is stopped. And um, I think now I remember the name. Uh, it's the Grammy-winning song uh, singer and songwriter, uh, Emotion Heap. And her song was Tiny Human, and it was released using using the blockchain platform. So it's a very simple example, but I think it serves to show what the blockchain can do. Yeah, I think the singer was Imogen Heap, but it may, may have been others. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, it sounds like she cut out a lot of the middlemen and was able to monetize her music. Even with, right, with micropayments, right. she probably would have gotten the same amount she would have gotten if she right. signed a record contract. So that's pretty cool. Correct. Yeah, definitely. So how do you envision Blockstein? Um, Helping in these initiatives, what specifically are you guys going to be doing to uh, to advance use cases like this? Right, right. So we have two goals in mind. I think um, the first goal is to actually spread awareness regarding the blockchain. So for most people, uh, the blockchain seems like uh, a technology that's untouchable. It's way too complex. 
it's only for geeks per se it's not something that the everyday man can handle but uh we we aim to change that really because um the blockchain in a sense is similar to having a register a register where you record changes and where you record goods services or anything passing between hands just like how do you how you do that on a poker table so the concept is very simple but i think most people are afraid of the blockchain there are many doubts that come to their mind um one common one is how do we trust the blockchain you know when you look at the traditional banking sector or any other um form of transaction recording it's all based on a level of trust with the institution so i deposit my money right. in a bank because i trust that that institution will take care of how my funds are transferred but with the blockchain there really isn't any entity single entity responsible for maintaining um transaction and it in fact happened to me in my early days of bitcoin when i started around 4 or 5 years ago i sent a few incorrect transactions to you know addresses that weren't weren't my my clients and um that was pretty hurtful i mean i i felt that i had just lost uh the bitcoin and there's no way i could recover it and it was quite frustrating in fact and i'm sure people would be frustrated by that but what they've got to realize is that the trade off um that this is a trade off that they have to make for transparency and anonymity now those two words may seem opposite polar opposites how can you be anonymous and yet be transparent uh this is where the blockchain really becomes interesting and why people should know about it you don't need to re- reveal any of your personal details any of your um your status your um belongings or anything of that sort to use the blockchain you are anonymous as an identity but all your transactions are being recorded that's transparency so if i for example right. wanted to check my friends um how much my friend holds in his bitcoin account and how he is managed to get that money i could do that fairly easily there's no real there's no real difficulty out there and that's how our primary goal first is to bring the blockchain to the end consumers to to companies who can use the blockchain in ways apart from just cryptocurrencies so that's goal number 1 and our second goal really is a bit on the technical side but is to offer services where we can kind of provide openness and extensibility um you know to the blockchain technology now bitcoin has been here for a couple of years now and it's definitely the most popular cryptocurrency but personally it's not my favorite um my favorite cryptocurrency is ethereum and that's for a reason uh for those of you who don't know ethereum offers something known as smart contracts so what smart contracts basically are um it's basically a method in which you create your own cryptocurrency that's based off ethereum and it runs on the ethereum network but you don't have to worry about the technical stuff you just need to worry about how many coins you just want to distribute to whom you want to distribute what its values are you don't have to worry about the technical stuff it it's all handled by ethereum and i think that's really powerful because now people no longer have to hire expensive programmers to uh you know really build upon the blockchain they can simply do it I mean it's fairly simple just follow a tutorial customize uh with with your needs and start distributing ethereum tokens that are labeled as your company um as your company shares so you know we've seen booms in ICOs like we used to have initial public offerings IPOs we now have initial coin offerings because it's so much simpler to have an ICO than to have an IPO 
and most of these are based on Ethereum. So if we can get um, Ethereum more popular and we can get people to use Ethereum as the method of exchange, I think that would really that would really um, make me feel successful. So if I can get a um, the ledger and the Bitcoin and the blockchain out to the people, and B, if I can get um, people to start using Ethereum tokens not just for um, you know sending money to each other, but for anything, be it managing shares, managing company resources, whatever. I think those two are the primary objective of me and my group. Well, it seems like Ethereum is even more difficult to understand. Education seems to be a critical component. You know, if a, a library of very simple um, transactions was made that people can just make into smart contracts and use, I think that would be very useful. But talk right. to me about the education component. What's going to make it widespread, these technologies, and usable by the common person? All right. So what's going to make these technologies usable? So, all right, let's start with the first reason why I think these technologies are going to get out into the market in the future. So a couple of years ago, Bitcoin was a pretty silent thing. Cryptocurrencies were a pretty silent thing. We didn't have, and they didn't really have any value, maybe a few cents worth, and um, nobody really bothered to worry about them. But now that um, the crypto space has been booming to such an extent where we have companies solely uh, running their businesses on cryptocurrencies, and comp and we and Bitcoin's making headlines for its price highs and how people have received tremendous um, ROIs on their investment in Bitcoin. I think that's certainly helping in the proper propagation of cryptocurrencies as uh, a concept. Now, that's one thing that okay. Bitcoin is making. Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are making their news on their own. But I think a lot of other factors like competition in the field is really what's uh, going to make cryptocurrencies popular. Now, we have so many cryptocurrencies to choose from, 300 plus and new coming up every day that, you know, you've really got, um, it's the customer's choice who, who they want to pick. They're no longer dependent on just one currency or on just uh, one uh, system of transaction management um, to fulfill their needs, they've got a vast, vast variety. So if you look at an example, I would take the example of SIA. So SIA is a decentralized cloud storage, which basically allows users and data centers to, you know, rent out their hardest space. And in return, they receive amounts of SIA coin, which is basically how um, SIA coin mining works. You donate your space, you rent it out, people buy that space, and uh, you get um, paid for that. So here we have a system right. in which if, if I had to look at a conventional cloud storage like Google Drive or OneDrive, they would ask you for um, payment and this one company would be generating the profit. They'll be managing their data centers. If one day it so happens that they, their data centers, um, God forbid, fail or the data is lost, I mean, you really can't do much since these companies have very little liability on what your data really, uh, on what you, what they can do um, to save your data. But in case of Coin, it's not one company or one data center that's generating all the all uh, the profit. It's a community-driven project, and community-driven projects are typically quite successful because a number of people, um, a number of people um, 
are helped out by these uh, by these schemes, and Sia Coin is no exce- uh, no exception. So if we have everyone donating even a GB or two of their hardest space, you've already got I mean terabytes and petabytes of cloud storage um, at a very low expandable expandable scalable cost. And I think that's where blockchain and um, cryptocurrencies really uh, start to boom because they help community-driven projects. So that's num- point number two, why I feel cryptocurrencies will boom. And I guess the third point really is that people too are kind of getting, you know, over the traditional banking system. So if I had to ask my client for payment over PayPal, uh, and my client lives in a country that's not mine, I would have to pay around 3 or 4% as fees to PayPal plus some additional charges for transferring it to my bank account. Now, for a small amount, that's not that's not probably that much. But if I'm transferring something like $10,000 and I've got to pay 3% on that, that, that's a lot. What is it? It's $300, I guess. So, right, exactly. I mean, yeah, and Bitcoin, the same transaction over Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, whatever it is, would cost me maybe a few cents or a few dollars. So when people start realizing that the traditional banking system is based on profits for the banks, while other forms of currency like cryptocurrencies don't really give um, profit to any one person, rather they're community-driven projects that they believe, you can almost call them non-profits because there's no one single entity that's gaining out of it. I think that's really going to spread the name of cryptocurrencies and blockchains because if people see that they can do something on their own, skipping the hassle of banks, skipping the hassle of clearing out the transactions, I think that's something that would definitely promote Bitcoin and other other uh, cryptocurrencies. There's some companies that are enabling people to use blockchain, Bitcoin, etc., without them even knowing that they're using it. Like Abra, we have a system of local tellers, and you can, you know, send fiat to uh, you know your grandmother in the Philippines, and you won't even know that you're using blockchain. They're just using it as right. a payment rail. Do you think that's going to be in the more successful type initiative where people don't even know it's blockchain, or do you think they, they, yeah, they need I think, to know I think, that hmm. it's blockchain? I think um, here's where, you know, this is one question that has always stunned me. And in fact, it's kind of hypocritical here because let me give you an example. When I um, charge my clients, when I send them a receipt, I send them a receipt in dollars. So I ask them, please send me $200 for so-and-so service. Now, whether they want to send that in Bitcoin or through PayPal, that's up to them. But it's the transaction is always in dollars or in euros or in pounds. It's I never tell them, okay, send me eight bit cents as payment for this order. That's not understandable. I mean, nobody in the world will understand the meaning of 0.1 Bitcoin unless you convert it to dollars and you tell them, yeah, send me $350. They'll understand that. So definitely, you're right. right. For the time being, um, fiat currencies are not going out anywhere. The world still uses them and will continue to use them because, I mean, the fiat currencies are what run the world, have been running the world for the last two or three centuries. And, you know, you can't change all of that in an instant. But what I feel is necessary is that people become aware of the fact that the blockchain is being used. Because uh, the services that you mentioned um, are definitely probably the ones that are going to be successful first. 
because they offer direct fiat to fiat payments and you don't have to worry about buying bitcoin and getting bitcoin converted back into your local currency that's again and that's again a hassle so unless and until we start using bitcoin in our day to day life so if i can go today and buy a coffee in bitcoin or i can go pay my restaurant in uh, restaurant bill in bitcoin if i can pay my land rent in bitcoin i mean that's the point where the word bitcoin or the word cryptocurrency will come in but for now definitely uh usd euro is going to remain fiat is going to remain the name but people must understand that there's there the way that they transfer usd through the normal banking system is way different than the way they do through uh the blockchain and that's really what um we are trying to promote here if people don't realize the difference between sending a transaction via the bank and via the blockchain there's a high chance that people will never really understand what the blockchain stands for so i think it's essential that people are reminded of the transparency and the anonymity offered by the blockchain at the same time how robust the technology is and i think i think definitely the name blockchain or some similar sounding name some something that's easier to comprehend must be attached to it so that people are consciously made aware that the blockchain is changing the way we look at things All right, so how is how do you see Blockstein uh, contributing to these efforts? Is it tools, technology, education, and how specifically are you guys going to make an impact? Yeah, you're right. So the plan that we have kind of blocked out right now is that we are currently working on getting some of the biggest websites, um biggest journalism websites, be it the Guardian or um the New York Times or the Washington Post, whatever it is the main journalism journalist uh, journal, journalism to actually start supporting uh, the blockchain so what we're trying to do is we're trying to gather a team of journalists who can help write and promote um the blockchain to their uh, to their viewers to their writing so that's going to be the first step of course we need to get verbal awareness to the people second what we need to start doing is we need we we're trying to get some companies on board who can actually start using the blockchain for managing their business so for example uh if we can get a big company like dell or hp or google or apple to somehow in some sense start using blockchain for making many very minimal needs at this point but start creating some kind of product based off blockchain if we can get some developers on board to create something interesting and more reachable to the public I think that's where the effects will really start showing up and we are a group of developers of course but we need more people and we are trying to get more people more developers on a crowd based project for uh, promoting bitcoin so uh, for promoting cryptocurrencies so we probably might uh, we are planning to start a website where we teach and we make people understand how blockchain works that's another step that we're trying to take we are also probably going to go ahead and start you know branding blockchain level blockchain products maybe offer incentives to people for trying out the blockchain show them some demo transactions so show them how easy it is and if we can get um some governments on board to actually start you know valuing the blockchain as not being a secondary payment system but being equivalent to the traditional banking system I think um that will also go a long way. So as you must have noticed our project right now is at the first step and once we can get a few more people on board 
that's where our project will really take off, and that's where the difference will really sh- start showing up. Okay, and uh, last question: Which countries are your f- primary focus? U.S., Europe? Where do you want to start yeah. with? Or you, you're looking definitely. For- so we're trying to look at the Western world because that's probably the point where people will start opening up and start. Uh, that's that's the point where people open up to new technologies. But at the same time, I think it's important. Uh, another part that we're trying to target is remittance and uh, money sent internationally. So money sent from the United States to India, for example, or from the India from India to the United States. I think those transactions are also key because if people understand that there's a way to save their money through Bitcoin, I think money is probably the biggest incentive to use any technology. And if people can re- realize that they're saving quite a bit of money by using blockchain technologies, I think that will also get people on board. So definitely the Western world, the US and the Europe and Europe is going to be our primary focus. But at the same time, we can't leave developing economies away because in countries like India, we are seeing a lot of development and a large market market base where there's a huge potential for cryptocurrencies. If each country can have its own um, currency as such, why can't we have a centralized, uh, a decentralized but common cryptocurrency for everyone to use. So definitely, we'll start with the Western world, but we'll definitely go on to the developing world because that's probably the place where awareness is needed the most. Oh, very good, Aman. So how can people find out more about Blockstein, get in contact with you, and uh, you know maybe... Yeah, definitely. I'll drop, yeah, I'll drop off my email with you so that you can, uh, your viewers can definitely contact me with any questions that they have. And very shortly, maybe in the span of a month or so, we are launching a website and I will update you on the same so that people can get more aware about Bitcoin, uh, about blockchain. Well, that's great, Aman. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. The Bitcoin, Ethereum and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17 and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 